0: This year, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. Pair your impressive skills with our advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com slash deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. We thought it would be a good time of year to talk about our favorite holiday songs, and to do so, and maybe we'll talk about some non-favorite ones, but we don't want to be super scroogey. To do so, I have with me Brittany Spanos and Rob Sheffield. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Happy holidays. happy holidays. Rob and I just achieved the rare unison happy holidays. It was awesome. It was like John and Paul. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was fantastic. Before we dive in, let's give a shout out to Hyam's incredible take on Adam Sandler's uber classic, Hanukkah's song. They absolutely killed it. It was at least as good as any of the three or four previous versions that, that Sandler <laughs> did. Maya Rudolph
1: lights the menorah.
2: So does Japanese breakfast and the We need a longer version. We need the full the full take because I just I love a good update on a song. I love a good cultural update, and it was it was very fun.
0: Diving in And there is a list going up of the worst holiday songs on Rollingstone.com. And definitely check that out. But diving in, here's a controversial one that I I love, uh, which is Wonderful Christmas Time" by Paul McCartney. Among other things, of course, it fully invented chill wave. I mean, we have to agree on that.
2: (laughs) I'll give you that.
0: (laughs) Yes. Those synths are the having the most amazing (laughs) slash... Some people think awful, I think wonderful. A synth sound with this bizarre delay on it is, you know, made it the direct wow, wow, progenitor wow. of Washed Out in A Million.
3: Wow, wow, wow.
0: Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, so good. good.
3: I hated that song for so many years. So, and I, I didn't actually decide to start liking it and I almost miss hating it because it was more fun hating it. I enjoyed hating it every year. But yeah. it's just so good. I love it. I have to blame Harry Styles. He did it at the LA Forum two years yeah. ago, almost exactly two years ago, the day that Fine Line came out and he did one night at the LA Forum and, and he ended doing Wonderful Christmas Time and I remember like, you know, singing, dancing and, and I was like, oh my God, I like this song now. And the next day at the airport, I was just like, what have i become you know i am now someone who absolutely loves simply having a wonderful christmas time but you know it's a ramon song you know it's like it's yeah we're gonna hammer that one word over and over and over again
2: i find the song so delightful i love filling every playlist with a bunch of like holiday songs, Christmas music, all of that. So I love Wonderful Christmas Time. I think it's so fun. Um, I pulled up this tweet that I was obsessed with from a couple years ago where someone said, Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time is about friends practicing witchcraft, but then someone walks in and they have to suddenly play it cool. (laughs) Which is so good. (laughs) That is so great.
0: I
3: love that.
0: Yes, we'll break it down. I was going to mention that too, but but basically explain it a little bit more because it breaks down the exact point at which the uh, change happens.
2: So there's a screen cap of the lyrics and it's the lyrics the moon is right the spirit's up we're here tonight and that's enough and then there's like a red arrow that points somebody walks in and then it goes into simply having a wonderful christmas time in all caps it honestly makes the song even better we love a witchy holiday moment
3: i love that's just gonna make me love that song better grammatically it should be having a simply wonderful christmas time which i have <laughs> to hate to be that guy but but <laughs> when you're that guy you're that guy and, and that prevented me from liking the song for a long time yeah. modifier.
2: I think that's why I also love Christmas music is because one, there's not that much to sing about, you know, it's the topics <laughs> are pretty simple. They're kind of straightforward. Also, it's just none of the songs ever makes full sense. It's the, the time of year where not a single song has to make any grammatical or logical sense. In any capacity <laughs> and that's what makes it fun again there's not many topics you have to go off of it's,
3: that's so you know, true a lot of it's written for you already so it's just reassembling the tropes
2: yeah like ariana grande's christmas ep christmas and chill a classic album which is it one is of my so favorites good yes. again not many topics that she's going over on it but she just added a trap beat to it and that's kind of nice
0: yeah i mean that is definitely the most sexually voracious
2: christmas project of all time that's for sure thank you next and positions of christmas music like people are looking they're looking in the wrong place when they're looking for the trajectory for ariana grande from like all of her earlier albums to thank you next and positions it is literally christmas and chill than those two albums there is no completely
0: it's so bonkers that release because it it repeatedly hits that note it's not merry christmas it's merry christmas and let's Go. It's hyper focused on this idea <laughs> of sex on Christmas. It's mind blowing. It's one of the great works of art of, of this century, no
3: it's doubt. So
2: good.
0: <laughs> yes. She
3: found her angle, you know? Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> she found her position.
3: Yes. And it she was did. Yes, Horny Christmas.
2: <laughs> Are you down for somebody's milk and cookies? Down for you, my jumbo. Every year.
0: Uh, I think I think it sits very well against the the Bob Dylan Christmas album as far as completely unexpected Christmas albums. <laughs> and Rob, where do you fall on the Bob Dylan Christmas album? Because I will say unabashedly that, that I, I absolutely adore it. I love it. Have yourself a merry little Christmas,
3: let your heart... I love it. Yes. I love it. I love... He picked absolutely the right ones that he went for, you know, maximum corn. He wasn't going for the cool Christmas songs. He was going for, you know, up on the rooftop of old St. Nick. He was really like leaning into the Christmas concept. I love the snow globe on the cover. Also, I, I just love, you know, the mind warp that it's totally Bob Dylan singing these songs. And it's a beautiful thing. As Rolling Stone called it at the time, uh, miracle on Positively Fourth Street.
0: I think my two favorite versions of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which is probably one of my favorite Christmas songs, is the the Sinatra version will just tear your heart out. Have Yourself
2: a Merry Little Christmas.
0: Christmas. And the Bob Dylan version also will tear your heart out. It's just a a heart wrenching, beautiful song. I never in my whole life, to my memory, bought. A Christmas album or Christmas song It was always something I experienced Via the radio before streaming And for yeah. me that was part of the magic of holiday songs Is before streaming a, Unless you were going to go out and buy the collections Or whatever It was something you experienced Only when the radio gave it to you During the holiday season And there was sort of so something sort of magic That there were classic rock songs That only appeared to you In this one season And then were snatched away I always loved that about the thing and, and how are we to contrast simply having a wonderful christmas time how do we contrast that with happy christmas the war is over just to jump back into our uh, john and paul thing from a few episodes ago it, it gets into some of the differences between the uh, the, the two guys i think
1: <laughs> so this is christmas
2: and what have you done both are great. Both are valid. Both are
0: great. In their I way, love both it. are yeah. great.
2: <laughs> That's going to be my answer for every single song. i be like, I love it so much.
0: <laughs>
2: but I do. I love that song. And there was a really good cover from a few years ago that, um, that Miley Cyrus did with Mark Ronson that I thought was also really excellent. And I think there's some obviously really great covers and interpretations over the years of that one. Something I love about
3: <laughs> it is it's designed not to be a song that anybody sings alone. It's designed mm-hmm. to have multiple voices singing at the same time. There's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. And and I guess since we're big upping, you know, Paul's Christmas song and John's Christmas song, I just want to put in a word for George Harrison's Ding Dong Ding Dong the Bells, which is, I'm not going to say it's on the level of those two, but underrated <laughs> George Christmas bop. I highly recommend it. It's about the new year. And and he's quoting Alfred Lord Tennyson's poem, like, you know, like, ring the new year bells, ring in the new, ring out the old. And a very George Harrison sentiment. And I love that also he's George Harrison trying to sound cheerful, which is out of his comfort zone a tiny bit. So many things I love about George Harrison's Christmas song.
0: not super familiar with that song, but if indeed it is, is it fully, a, a, truly a New Year's song rather than a Christmas song? Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of, you know, winter
3: solstice, uh, New Year, you know, beginnings. And I mean, it's pretty secular, but spiritual in, in that George kind of way. It's just an absolutely beautiful song and really festive in a way that he usually didn't allow himself to be in yeah. the 70s for sure.
0: Nice guitar solo, too. I don't know anyone who isn't constantly running low on time. You've got to juggle work and the rest of life. Sometimes you just need groceries or drinks or whatever else, and there's zero time to head out and go shopping. There's one way around that, and that's DashPass from DoorDash. I'm definitely a DoorDash customer, and there's always something a little magical about your groceries popping up at your door. And when you want more from delivery, you can get it with DashPass by DoorDash. With DashPass, you get $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders which makes it incredibly easy to save on restaurants, groceries, retail items, and all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And get this, DashPass pays for itself in only two orders on average, so it's worth it right away. And when you sign up, you get special access to exclusive promotions and member-only menu items, all for only 9 dollars a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash. Use code MUSICNOW24. And get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and more. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass with code MUSICNOW24. Again, MUSICNOW24. Subject to change, terms apply. Today, hip-hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of
3: how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap.
0: 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire. Yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast
3: about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday.
2: Yes, and you brought me the shot day. (laughs)
0: Life-size, cardboard cutout.
3: (laughs) This is Class of 88, the story of a year that
0: changed hip-hop.
1: Follow Class of 88 on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The nearest canon is obviously a whole other canon, uh, which, you know, Rare that I mentioned Death Cab for Cutie, but great song called The New Year by uh, by Death Cab for Cutie. Um, Amazing song. We don't have to talk about Taylor again, but Taylor has an entry. Another amazing uh,
2: song. In the New Year's canon. The Death Cab for Cutie song, there was a good 10 years of my life where there was like, I could not start New Year's without, like New Year's Day without listening to it. It was just so good. There's so many MySpace era photos and like (laughs) Facebook albums that quote it directly it's just really the grip that it had on me as a teenager is just cannot be understated (laughs) i I think
3: of death cabs new year is a top tier modern christmas song modern christmas classic
2: I feel like also like New Year's songs have such like a holiday hangover quality to them. Like I think like you're sort of overdosing on joy usually. I'm like either like joy or like immense like holiday blues when it comes to the kind of more like Christmas canon of holiday songs. But once you hit those New Year's songs, there's always kind of this like, just like, I don't know, holiday hangover quality to them that I think always kind of fits into the narrative for me.
3: I can't believe we made it 16 minutes into this conversation with Brian mentioning that uh, it's, you know, there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the not last. Because it's one more day out in the
0: canyons.
2: <laughs> that song has taken over my life in a way that it, I did not expect it to this year.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I've never thought of it as a holiday song, but as Brittany pointed out, a lot of people are being long December-pilled recently, and not just because the Hold Steady did a great version of it in concert that kind of blew people's minds. It does seem to be a song that's sort of rising in people's estimation, sort of heading higher up in the canon. Um, it's, you could say it's one more day up in the canon for a long December, maybe.
2: I've always liked that song, and I don't think I thought of it so much as like a holiday song until right. I feel like I like I read Stephen Haydn's piece on like how he considered it to be a, a Christmas song. And I was like, you know what? I, I agree. I've decided to let it be part of that. Am I sad to lose listening to A Long December outside of December now? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but that's just how it goes. If it if it enters my Christmas canon, it does not exist in any other month, except I, for the Ariana Grande EP, which I will probably <laughs> listen to in the middle of the summer. That's,
3: that's year-round. <laughs> I've always love A Long December. Always love that song.
0: A long December You know, I hate to talk about Phil Spector, but you got to talk about Phil Spector when you talk about rock and roll Christmas songs. Bad person, but he produced Merry Christmas, War Is Over, and he helped invent the idea of the rock and roll Christmas song. The Phil Spector Christmas album is kind of an absolute lodestone, right, Rob, for like the sounds we associate for what becomes sort of the rock and roll era of Christmas songs.
3: Yeah, the idea of a rock and roll Christmas song—that Phil Spector actually approached these songs with rock and roll arrangements—and that it's funny that that has become part of the Christmas sound. So you listen to a song like Mariah Carey's, and she's consciously going for a Phil Spector sound with like the Glockenspiel, and, and bells, and everything, because that sounds like Christmas, and it's kind of brilliant. This album is so full of Christmas songs that get very like you know rocked up and festivized. Everybody sings "Santa Claus is Coming to Town," does the. Know, the Ronettes arrangement from that album, and of course, the greatest was the song that was new from that. Darlene Love singing "Christmas Baby, Please Come Home," absolute genius Christmas song, one of the absolute top five. This the snow's
0: down. This I'm it fall.
3: And as as Darlene Love always loves to say, uh, it, "It took three Jews to write the greatest Christmas song of all time," which, which you know I love that, and also. Bono's version of that you know cannot be cannot be stepped on U2 released their version of Christmas Baby Please Come Home in 1987 when everybody was really hardcore into U2 backlash and that song just uh, instant clap
1: the snow's
0: I would dare say that on that, which is great, he's doing his version of Bruce doing the Phil Spector Christmas sound on his great version of Santa Claus is, is Coming to Town, which probably is the first time I ever heard Bruce Springsteen's voice uh, was on that version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I have a memory of being a very small child and, he- and hearing that, and I'm almost positive that that's the first time I ever, ever heard him sing. Pile, I'm telling you why true that it's so much of a cover of the version on that album as is Michael Jackson's amazing version of it. it which is finally an actual child singing it as it demanded that song that
3: was the first but, time I ever heard him too, and I, you know, had heard so much about him, and had read so much about him because he'd been on the cover of Time in these weeks, the same week. So it's my first time actually hearing him, and I remember thinking he sounds really nice. You know, I thought he'd be like one of those scary adult rock stars that you know you hear them and they're scary, and he, he, he was so friendly and so cool and talking about Clarence's saxophone. Yeah, it's, it's canonical.
2: And they're putting their own spin on something that's so common, but obviously, what makes it great is that. It suddenly becomes a part of their canon you know santa claus is coming down the bruce version you could not tell me that that was not a bruce original for the longest time like I, you know it's just like it just sounds like him in that way so i think that's kind of the power of it
0: it does make me think and i'm sure for people who are a little older listening to holiday music has been like this for a long time but there's there is this new level of poignancy sometimes because you have for example on that song you know, you have the thing about Clarence wanting a new saxophone for Christmas, and you know, Clarence is gone, so it's now it now hits completely differently. It has this real melancholy to it. There's a Tom Petty Christmas song that I used to, that is yeah, it's pretty good, Christmas All Over Again. It's a fun song, and but when you hear that, there's a bit about what he wants for Christmas, and he wants a new Rickenbacker and a new Chuck Berry songbook, and that also I found a little, a little you know, sweet, but it, there's a whole new melancholy to it. Well, it's Christmas time again.
3: This goes with the emotional nature of the holiday season. That there's always, you know, a a bit of grief and and memory and loss for for pretty much everybody. And that's something that certainly is, is something that you know people often forget now about. Happy Christmas, war is over. The John Lennon Yoko Ono song is that it was a total flop at the time. Nobody listened to it when it came out, and nobody listened to it for the next 10 years. It was Christmas 1980 when people started listening to that song, when the radio started playing it. It was a total non-entity before that. It was, and it's a song that grieving John Lennon really brought that song to life. And that's a very typical way the, ho- the holiday season works, as you mentioned, with the Tom Petty song and, and the Clarence Clemens
0: that's right, and the melancholy of the season is is embedded in in a lot of these songs, uh, especially the best ones. I mean, like I said about Jeez. have yourself have yourself a merry little Christmas, like oof. such a depressing <laughs> song.
3: Oh my yeah. gosh, I don't. I have to admit, I don't like any version of that song. It's just too depressing for me. <laughs> I, I have my limits.
2: Yeah,
0: it's sad. It's not. That, see, that's the thing. I, I find it sad, but not depressing. I find it beautiful I think I think it's just a a beautiful piece of songwriting
2: the sad song you know they I feel like it's like a very specific time and place right like early December I have a a system to me listening to my my Christmas music every December you know I said I don't I don't put the sad songs too close to actual Christmas you know like River by Joni Mitchell in about a week I, I won't be able to listen to it too close to Christmas it's too sad it's coming on
0: Christmas they're cutting down trees they're putting up reindeer and singing
3: I love that song too. And that's definitely like, I'll be home for Christmas. It's a genius song. It's brilliant songwriting. Yeah. It's too powerful. I can't take it. It's too sad it's for too me. It's too much. I listen to Blue on vinyl and I lift the needle and skip, you know, track three on side two because it's, <laughs> it's too sad. And this is when I'm listening to Blue. So this is when I'm in the mood for sad. At, at one of the too all-time sad great, for
2: Blue. is Yes. Too sad, too sad for Blue.
3: It's like, oh, <laughs> yes. I, I love how like. Joni Mitchell has a great line in, in the biography, Reckless Daughter, by David Yaffe, where she says that it should have been called, Have Yourself a Morbid Little Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really, it's on that level of powerful. <laughs>
0: I think we can stand Blue Christmas, though. I think that level of sad is okay. Can we, can we deal with yeah. uh, Elvis singing Blue it's Christmas? It's
3: so good, yes. It's, it's so yeah. good. I'll have
0: a blue Christmas
3: without you. Everybody who tries to do that song overdoes the sad part of it, which yeah. totally blows it. It sounds so good because Elvis is like so, you know, working it in a festive rock and roll thing and the way he like works every vowel, like... Nobody, that's an uncoverable song as far as I'm concerned. Nobody can do Christmas justice.
2: I think that's the thing. Again, it's like, it sort of depends on like where you're coming from and like what you're listening to. But there are so many Christmas songs that I had no idea were sung by other people for the longest time because I grew up so much on the Elvis Christmas albums like i just had no like i was just like he's just the only person who sung all these songs like it's insane that he invented christmas and like that was just like all i used to like grandpa was such like an elvis fan so we just listened to elvis christmas every single december like every single album of his i was like no one else has ever recorded a christmas song so crazy
0: Elvis, well, listen, Elvis he, invented
3: he, el- Christmas so true So oh, come <laughs> let us adore him now,
0: cr- Christmas among the many things that Elvis did not actually invent but was very good at
2: I know uh, and just being, being misled <laughs> how, about
0: how about that Yes, he, he, he did not invent many of these things but he was Elvis very good at them Elvis appropriated Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. very was, early
0: on he, he was an excellent Christmas artist <laughs> uh, it, I, I will say I, I really was wrong earlier I was saying that Ariana Grande invented the libidin Christmas but she didn't I mean come on let's look at Merry Christmas Baby is a super (laughs) Ariana-esque
2: Christmas classic. And Santa Baby obviously. Yeah well that
0: that one sucks though but. (laughs) Oh that one's
2: fine I mean you know it's again like it's like kind of too horny for the season but like it works (laughs) Uh,
3: Yes it it can work I guess backdoor Santa the Clarence Carter song from the 60s (laughs) I love that song. And that's that's a song that
0: That's another one. There, there is actually yeah. a whole canon. I, I could not have been more wrong. I apologize to the entire Christmas. Ariana community.
2: did it the best.
3: Yes. When you perfect something, you invent it. You, yes. you you wipe out the precursors, you render them footnotes. I think it's fair to say Ariana Grande invented sex Christmas.
2: Yeah, because I think think it's easier than people realize it is to sort of reinvent the idea of a Christmas song, right? Like, I mean, it's like not easy, easy, but it's like if you sort of have a style that you're like, kind of want to approach with it, you can sort of completely change what the ideal kind of Christmas canon or Christmas song is. Ariana, she did that with 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 It This Christmas.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Another one, like inventing a new kind of Christmas album, but like... You know, this time last year when Taylor Swift released Evermore, which, you know, is such a holiday album. It sounded that way at the time because she put it out, you know, like in the middle of December. But at at this point, it sounds like a holiday album to me. And tis the damn season. Yes. uh, Absolute top 10, like, modern Christmas songs. It's really kind of perfect.
0: If I wanted to know who you
1: were hanging with While I was gone, I would have asked
0: She really
3: nails a specific holiday feeling and builds a whole song around it. It's just it kind of genius.
2: a full holiday season song. It's just about going home to the suburbs, especially if you moved out of them, and then just seeing seeing all your exes from from high school. <laughs> that is literally Tis the Damn Season, which, I, you know, it's shocking that there weren't a lot of, of Thanksgiving or Christmas songs about that exact feeling, but it's, it is it's perfect. It's
3: brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. People have written songs about Christmas and about New Year's, but she invented writing a song about the weird week in between, where yeah. you're sleeping in your childhood bedroom and like you're going to see your friends from high school, and the road not taken looks real good now. Yeah, It's a it, perfect song. Yet another innovation.
0: I didn't want to miss the opportunity to transition from Backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter into this song that samples it so brilliantly which is by Run DMC, of course. Christmas in Hollis is... Love that song. Another top
3: tenor. That's just perfect.
0: It's so perfect. The previous rap Christmas song was Curtis Blow's Christmas Rappin', which deserves credit just for being first in 1979. You Make a Christmas rap song in 1979 that you deserve a lot of credit, but... Christmas in Hollis is just incredible. The Christmas rap canon is thin. You know? I'm shocked
2: that there's not more, but Tyler the Creator's soundtrack for uh, an awful Grinch movie is so good. And it's just him like reworking the songs from the original. And it's just an incredible, incredible... It's a perfect partnership between like this peak Christmas villain character and Tyler the Creator doing it. It's just, mwah, it's just perfect. you mean one. The here. Oh, kind of- during the holiday season i i always go to dmx's rudolph the red-nosed reindeer cover just because it's so sweet DMX, who's just like such like a, a teddy bear, but also has that really rough, intense style of singing and rapping. Just doing Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer is just one of my favorite things in the entire world.
0: More melancholy REP DMX, but yeah, yeah. It's,
2: but it's, it's hard to be too. It's like hard to be sad, sad with that song. But it's a great celebration of the many sides of DMX.
0: I feel like people would be justifiably mad if we didn't talk a little bit more about Mariah Carey, who really, of course hit it out of the park with All I Want for Christmas Is You. She wrote in a book so classic that we devoted an entire podcast episode to it about how it started. She wrote that it, you know, it it came from her Christmases. She had her, what she calls her gay uncles, her gunkles. helped inspire that song she wrote. It was from my little girl's spirit and those early fantasies of family and friendship. She said that the dings, the chimes at the beginning, she wanted them to be reminiscent of those little wooden toy pianos like the one Schroeder had on Peanuts. I actually did bang out most of the song on a cheap little Casio keyboard. There's a sweetness, a clarity, and a purity to it. It came from a childlike space. When I wrote it at 22 years old, I wasn't that far away from being a child. And she said she was accessing the private dream world of her childhood in the song. And it's a modern day Christmas classic. It's completely enshrined in the canon. And I'm sure it's kind of like, it's the opposite of Bruce doing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It feels so classic that it's almost, it could almost be surprising that it wasn't around for 30 years before that. Mm -hmm. It's it's just eternal.
2: Uh, Yeah.
3: It's arguably the most popular Christmas song in the English language. And, you know, it it was written in the 90s. It was... There's nothing you can compare it to, just like a modern, modern classic.
2: Most popular and also just like one, I mean, you know, we've talked about this, but just like, it is sort of easy to be like, I kind of, because Christmas songs are by nature novelty songs, it's easier to sort of hate them, right? Because they can be kind of silly and they can be, you know, a tad annoying sometimes, especially for hearing them all season long. But this is just such an enduring pop song in so many ways that goes well beyond that. You know, it's just a testament to mariah as a songwriter which she is such a brilliant songwriter and again i think we're in this this space where i, I feel like there's been a renaissance in people recognizing her songwriting talents because her as a diva and her as a pop star kind of tends to take precedent over all of that and it, you know just as a uh, a woman performing pop music you know it's easy to have the general public forget that she'd also wrote a lot of these songs including one of the most popular and enduring christmas songs of all time but i mean her vocal performance on it is just so like there's no there's no good covers of all i want for christmas is you like you know if there is i don't even want to listen to them like i just want to hear mariah carey's version it's just her version with her incredible voice like her hitting those whistle tones and just like really great songwriting
0: Brittany, for some reason, really wanted to talk about Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And as my holiday gift to Brittany, I'm going to let her talk about that for a minute.
2: I love the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I just think they're so good. I mean, it's just so intense for no reason. And they do the best cover of one of my favorite traditional songs, Carol of the Bells, which I just love because that song itself is also really intense for no reason. And I have no idea what it says. I just love the way it sounds and the way it kind of builds up. But they do like, it's just the most insane cover of it. It's so like, it makes you feel like you're in an action movie. And I just, I love their music. I love their covers. It's not Christmas until I hear a Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And I I just really enjoy them. I just enjoy the, the excess of their brand. Um, and I would love to see them live one day. That's on my list. <laughs>
3: I love that let's make this happen <laughs> listeners we need to like have britney see the trans-siberian orchestra for almost this famous
2: but it's me just <laughs> on the road with the trans-siberian orchestra just losing my shit every time they do carol of the bells because that it just rules i highly recommend everyone just take a second today and listen to it
0: <laughs> christmas wrapping by the waitresses Absolute
3: classic. This Amazing. is like genius song that was years ahead of its time. It's basically a Christmas rom com, and they meet at the end because they both forgot cranberries. You forgot cranberries too. Is one of my all time favorite lines in any Christmas song. The genius Chris Butler wrote it. Just one of those like classic Christmas songs that maybe like started out as you know a thing that you'd hear one or two and, and times in a season, and it's just really become a phenomenon as it deserves to. It's just a yeah. perfect song.
0: Yeah. Christmas is the time to say I love you by Billy Squire. Now, for me, you know, I guess he's my Trans Siberian Orchestra because I think that song <laughs> I think that song absolutely rules. I think it's like the Queen Christmas song that never existed. I think his vocal on it is amazing. I think he totally channels Freddie Mercury on it. In fact, a lot of it's a commonly I think a lot of people actually do think it's a Queen Christmas song because he does really sound like Freddie on it. I think he snapped in that song. I think there's a bunch of covers on it. I think I just don't know even how he went so hard on this song. I think it shows that he's, you know, truly a talent of, of our times and, and a, a song that I'm always happy to hear. My understanding is that Rob profoundly disagrees with me on this. You know, at, at
3: Christmas is the time to agree about Billy Squire's novelty singles. Stroke me, stroke me go ahead Billy, Billy Squire um, <laughs> last Christmas by George Michael another modern standard definitely more famous now than it was at the time in, in, in the 80s it was it was huge that one Christmas then disappeared for 20 years then in the early 2000s people really started losing their minds to this song it, it, it really became yeah. a, a huge standard 20 years after it came out
1: last Christmas I-
2: A good friend of mine was making the argument the other day that is the the best Christmas song ever made, which I don't know if I fully agree with, but I think it's up there.
3: Plausible case. You can make that argument. I think it's in
2: the top 10. In
0: contrast to Rob's feelings about Billy Squire's absolute stone classic, Rob is a big fan of a song I had completely forgotten about. Brian Adams' Reggae Christmas, which is, I must say... As a song, kind of a great song, I will say that perhaps that Brian Adams and his band of Canadians did not nail the uh, musical spirit of reggae. It, it's, it's pretty lead-footed as far as an attempt at reggae. Uh, Dude, they perhaps even Canadian more lead-footed reggae, than, which yes, is a huge yes, can, tradition.
3: Yes, Snow yes. could not have happened without them. <laughs> <In> former, <laughs> never could, like, I think Drake would be the first to say that, you know, yeah. that, that Brian Adams was his woe. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, so Rob, you remember this song clearly and you're a fan.
3: Oh yeah, I love it. I it I think it's Brian Adams' greatest reggae song, but I think it's the high point of Brian Adams' whole career. Are
2: yeah. there other Brian Adams reggae? I'd literally never heard the song until today. I listened to Heaven or Bust by Brian <laughs> Adams. That's about it. And even with that, it's it's the DJ Sammy version. <laughs> I think we can agree though that it's a crime
0: against humanity that when you look up the best reggae Christmas songs that Brian Adams one comes up on top. That's the first result. If you look up... You, you know, need are, 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 to filter
3: try- your search results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to put, <laughs> like, minus sign Canadian, like, after you do your reggae searches. for. But, but there's something, I, I, I guess, a song, a song that we hear all the time, but I still feel like doesn't get enough credit, Jingle Bell Rock. The drummer on that song is Jingle Bell Rocking. I feel like Jingle Bell Rock really does rock. I feel like that's a 50s song yeah. that... You know, it really, that, that drummer, he didn't have to go so hard. Jingle bell,
1: jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing
2: and jingle bell The Mean Girls cover of it, too.
0: Amazing. <laughs> so good. Should not be forgotten. As long as we're talking about, you know, 50s rockers who own Christmas. Run Run Rudolph is pretty genius in itself. Shout out to Chuck Berry. Out of all the reindeers,
1: you know you're the mastermind.
3: Looking yeah. ahead to the great artists of our time, I think we can all agree that Billy Idol's Christmas album, which he, you know, just released, like it it goes. It totally goes. His Winter yeah. Wonderland, I think, is definitive. I was I was yeah. planning to make fun of the Billy Idol Christmas record and, you know, I, I I just wanted Mo, Mo, Mo.
0: Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. I did not know this existed, and I think we're all grateful. Thank you, Rob. A Christmas album I actually play many years is the uh, James Brown's A Soulful Christmas. But the highlight is an, a somewhat underplayed and absolutely fantastic song, Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. You're just so good. Great on every level. Perf- perfect Christmas song. Another one that's hard to cover. There have been, I think Snoop Dogg did a version, but it's not—it's hard to match James Brown on that one.
3: Just one more I wanted to, admit. the Twisted Sister version of Come All Ye Faithful is oh, so, so good. so good. Since we haven't so talked good. about Twisted Sister yet. Yes, it's so good. And I love how yeah. they noticed after 20 years or whatever that it has the exact same melody as We're Not Gonna Take It. So they just do the same song. It's, it's just beautiful and genius and a real tribute to the <laughs> Twisted Sister Christmas. That's a tongue twister. The Christmas... <laughs> The Twisted Sister Christmas <laughs> tradition.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to top that. So, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks so much <laughs> to Rob Sheffield and Brittany Spanos for joining me. And that is our show for today. We'll be back on SiriusXM's volume, channel 106. In the meantime, Rolling Stone Music Now is a podcast. Subscribe to us as a podcast. Download us as a podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, give us a holiday present and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts if you can. But as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for staying with us. And we'll see you soon.